It's like in traffic. If I stop, leave a gap to let a guy pull in to the traffic flow, I expect a wave thanks. Yeah, yeah. And if I right. get one, all is good with the world. That's but if right. they yeah. act like they deserved it and it wasn't yeah. important, then I I haven't re- rear-ended them, but I uh, have not been happy. Yeah. I remember the other day you were waving at that guy and he waved back, but he must have had something wrong with his hand. Only one <laughs> finger was showing. Live your life with purpose. Change someone's life for the better and leave a lasting impact on those around you. Welcome to Finish Strong, the podcast designed to help you discover your unique purpose and develop a plan to leave a powerful legacy. Dan, Brian, and Terry are ready, so let's get started. In our world today, everybody wants financial prosperity. We tend to judge someone by the house they live in, the car they drive, the clothes they wear. But what is God's definition of prosperity and what is his, how do we achieve true success in the eyes of God. That's the subject we're going to address on this edition of Finish Strong. I'm Dan Wheeler, joined by Terry Steen and Brian Rowland and our producer, John Matarazzo. Guys, um, there's a lot of questions about success. How do you get it? How do you attain it? You know, all these books written about, you know, just kind of see it and believe it and you'll obtain wealth that's beyond your imagination. But in God's eyes, success is not judged by wealth. In fact, he cares more about giving than receiving, doesn't he? It's just another one of those uh, sowing and reaping principles. Uh, There's so many principles in the Bible that do not make any sense to the natural mind, right? Yeah. Uh, That's why the world looks at things so differently than we Christians. Mm-hmm. Well, Brian, you know, if you talk to a, a non-believer about tithing, they'll go, what? Yeah. 10%? Are you crazy? Yeah, you want me 10%? to take that out of my pocket? And you know, the yeah. sad thing is, is even in the world of Christians, very few Christians give that full 10%. But really, it's it's not ours to begin with. Everything we have is God's. I've heard that so many times from people saying, yeah, I know what the Bible talks about tithing, but you know, it doesn't matter now. I could tithe with it or I want to, and that's a tithe. And I'm going, well, yes and no. <laughs> there is a principle involved, and that's what it talks about. Um, and it's true, though. A lot of people will give money to other things, other charities, things like that, or other movements, and they'll give to that freely, but they won't give to the preaching the Word of God or, or building up their church. And it's sad because um, they think they're getting something back, but what are they really getting back? It's really accolades yeah. that you know people are saying, oh, look at me, and, and I, I gave this much money on that. And I think it's interesting that, Dan, you, you know this very well. Uh, you're running back from Michigan. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 Lake Coram, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I mean, this kid gives all the time. Even as a little yeah. kid, his dad said he couldn't wait to go to church to put money in the basket. Yeah. And that he made from, from work he was doing and, and his earnings. Yeah. He he gets uh, so much money coming in from, from the, uh, I think it's called the NIL. NIL and yeah. he gives yeah. half of that away. Yeah. And, and it's just, the, the kid is amazing. And yeah. I really find that, that he's got a true giver's heart. And he's yeah. going to be blessed immensely by that. I mean, he really is because he's, he's doing what God told him to do. 
Brian, that was amazing. Coming from a Buckeye fan on the hills of another thrashing by the Michigan Wolverines. Oh, I wasn't <laughs> going to talk about that. I'm sorry. Brian's no, not here anymore. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he, uh, we have some fun, and we finally got two in a row. But uh, he is. He gives on Thanksgiving. He buys all these turkey dinners, and he hand here he hurt his knee on that yeah. game, and and on Sunday he was out there passing out Thanksgiving dinners. But Terry, you've done a lot of studies on generosity and giving. And um, we, we're basing this kind of on some of your uh, research. You came up with 10 reasons to give. Do you want to run through those real quickly? And then we'll try to go a little more in depth on as many as we can. Yeah, sure, sure. One of the foundational ones is, and you alluded to it, is that who's really the owner of everything? Mm-hmm. When you determine who the true owner is, which is God, he created everything, and that we become the stewards, we become the managers, then it all starts to fall into place. So that's the key. And then it also is a reflection of our love for God. It's a form of praise and worship. It's a, it's a way we can worship God. It's not always just raising your hands and singing. We can experience joy. I'm sure we've all had those opportunities when we've been generous to someone and how we feel better than they do, probably. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, it's just obedience to God's Word, and we can look at some of those scriptures. Another one that people don't think about as much is it can be used as spiritual warfare. It Our generosity and our giving can wow. be something that allows the Spirit within us to grow so strong that we can fight the enemy in areas that we're struggling with. You know, Terry, when you came up with that list, that one took me by surprise. I'd never, ever considered that. Hmm. That's a form of spiritual warfare. Yeah. And then, of course, just another level of intimacy with God, Hmm. our generosity and our giving, because it reflects our heart, and our heart creates that intimacy with God. And then we talk about it many times, investments in eternity. Everything we do should be with the internal mind, eternal-minded thinking. And then the ninth one is a, where our goal is to be Christ-like. And this is part of being a Christ-like person. That's part of his character. And the last one that is intentional as the 10th one, but so many people get it confused, is that it increases our blessing. That's a byproduct, but that should not be the motivation that we have for giving. So so those were the 10. I'm sure we can't really get into too much depth on them, but uh, they're all worthy of thinking about, aren't they? Yes, Mm -hmm. they are. Hey, Brian, can you look up Deuteronomy 8, 17 and 18? And while he does that, I want to um, read Psalm 24, 1, which really is the basis for our first one, a reminder of true ownership. It says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. And and Terry, when you said that about, uh, let's face it, he all blessings come from him. So really, whatever we've achieved, we can thank him for giving us the ability and, and blessing us in that way. I, I mean, I know when I made the decision to go to QBC, I wasn't sure if it was the right one. In fact, Brian was there at the time I was talking to him, and and I said, man, I got this company that I've started, and Brian said, I don't know, it seems like a great opportunity. I think you should go for it, and I I did, and and God blessed me, but I can't take the credit for that. It was 
you know, when you live close to the Lord, he gives you wisdom, but he did create it all. And Brian, what does Deuteronomy say? It says, you may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. Hmm. But remember the Lord, your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. Yeah, there it is. His power provides it all. And, Point and the two, big words there, Dan, is as it is today. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's the same today as it was then. Very, very good. And, and you know, we get prideful in that area way too often. Hmm, and, yeah. you know, we Look start my acquiring house. things, yeah. and then we get prideful, and then we start thinking it's ours. And if we, if we get too far down that road, God has a way of turning that back around, doesn't he, and teaching us a lesson if we're not careful. That's right. Well, he does. It's funny. I think my Midwestern background, I've never been about things. Like, my car has 154,400 miles on it, and I'm <laughs> proud of that fact. That's right. I am getting value out of that car. Yeah. But you're right. Ownership, you know, when you first start to get things and that first car and everything, you feel that pride. But number two you've got is a reflection of our love for God and others. And that takes me back to Ken Dignan. And you can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. And if we truly love God and others, we're going to give. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not conditional. And, you know, the giving is far more than just money. I hope people don't just focus on the money aspect. True, true. It's the time. It's, it's your attitude in giving. It's the abilities you have. All of those God can tap and use to allow you to be generous. You know, that you know, reminds in me. In 1 John 3, 17 and 18, it says, But whoever has the world's goods and beholds his brother in need and closes his heart against him, how does the love of God abide in him? Little children, let us not love with word and with tongue, but in deed and truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. But Brian, what were you going to say before Terry uh, interrupted you? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, I was going to say, you know, when we had the hurricane season, which just ended, but we yeah. had the hurricane season around our neighborhood here. We have all Key West style homes, so we have shutters we can put down in that. Everybody was helping everyone get their shutters down, get their oh, lawn great. furniture and lawn art off, and put inside in their garage. Uh, get their back lanai's, you know, emptied out. It was just wonderful to see how everybody just jumped in. Everyone went down to the pool. We started putting everything away from the pool, the umbrellas, the chairs. And it was to see everybody just lend a hand in that. Showed me what it says right here, basically, in Deuteronomy 17, or 8, yeah. 7, 17 and 18. Right. We, we got to keep moving. Uh, number three is a form of praise and worship. Now, if you're listening and you're saying, wow, giving is a form of praise and worship, you know, when you do it with the right spirit and say, God, I am so happy and, and, and thrilled that I'm able to give back to you just a small portion mm-hmm. of what you've given me, it is a form of praise and worship. In Acts 10, uh, verse 2, Cornelius and his family, it says they were devout, God-fearing, and he gave generously to those in need. Now, that's important because he was setting an example for the rest of his family there, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that reminds me of my family, too. Uh, when I worked in high school and that, my mom actually was the accountant for the company. Oh. And she would she'd get my check, and she would take 10% out of her first thing and say, this is what's going in the church. I mean, wow. we, she always gave me money for, for church to, to give when I was in Sunday school and that. But she was teaching me how to do that on my own. This is what you do. This is the first of it. This goes to your college fund. This is what you get as you know part of this. 
And she set it up and broke it down for me to give me a budget like that. And always remembered that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, Dan, you talked about the Cornelius story. I think the key to it is that fourth verse mm-hmm. that says, and was it not an angel that came to him mm-hmm. and yep. spoke to him? It was an angel and of God. Yep. Part of it was, was the, the angel said, your prayers and your gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. So there, the angel was confirming that those gifts to the poor, his prayers, those things went up to heaven as a form of worship, as a memorial gift or offering. Yeah. (laughs) We're talking about offerings. I don't know why, guys. Quick little side note that's kind of humorous. Do you remember when Kids in your class, uh, I remember girls like bringing change wrapped up in a handkerchief, and it was time they'd undo the scarf for the handkerchief and give their... Yeah. <laughs> was yeah. that just my church that happened? Okay. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that was I, yours, Dan. Yeah. I, <laughs> but I remember it, and sometimes my uh, mom would give me the money and say, here, you put it in the offering, and that was always kind of mm-hmm. fun, but I thought I didn't do anything to get this money. I'm just giving it away. <laughs> but it is. It's a form of praise and worship. Now... We give to experience the joy that follows. But a lot of people, you know, the the story of Scrooge, he didn't give. He never knew the joy of giving until he had that real change of heart. But uh, I think our attitude is so important to God, our attitude about giving. And that's why you have it as number four there, Terry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and another thing that uh, I think we need to think about is how will we react depending on how they react. What if they don't thank you for the gift? What if they mm. don't not acknowledge the gift? I know. Doesn't gift? that bother you when someone what's, doesn't? Yeah. What's your mindset there? Are you giving the gift because God told you to give it, and then your joy and reward will be there? It's like in traffic. If I stop, leave a gap to let a guy pull in to the traffic flow— I expect a wave thanks. Yeah, yeah. And if I right. get one, all is good with the world. That's but if right. they yeah. act like they deserved it and it wasn't yeah. important, then I I haven't re- rear-ended them, but I uh, have not been happy. Yeah. I remember the other day you were waving at that guy, and he waved back, but he must have had something wrong with his hand. Only one <laughs> finger was showing. So I, I don't know what that was. Might have but it is something to think about. Yeah. What's our yeah. attitude as we're giving? If we expect joy, then we have to do it with the right motive, don't we? Yes, we do. Sorry. That was inappropriate, probably. Second Corinthians 9, 7. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Yeah. And then over in Deuteronomy 15.10, give generously to them. And do so without a grudging heart. Then because of him, because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in everything you put your hand toward. Yeah. So isn't that wild? Everything that we yeah. will do after that, he's going to be working with us. He's going to be blessing True. us. Since you're in Deuteronomy, can you get to uh, Deuteronomy 28? Uh, because there's stories of giving. Deuteronomy seems to have a mm-hmm. lot about giving in it. Yep. And so this was important. I mean, God was setting the tone for his people of giving and, exactly. and uh, exactly. reaping. And, and, and people Jesus. act like uh, tithing and giving is back in the Old Testament and it doesn't apply. We're in the New Testament now and things have totally changed. And that's not the case either, is it? 
No. God has laid a strong foundation in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. The Lord, you know, when uh, the young man approached him and said, uh, what do I have to do to get into the kingdom of heaven? And the Lord knew he was rich. He said, go and sell all of your possessions and, yeah. you know, and, and give them, give to the poor. And uh, boy, that was a real blow to him. Uh, next, uh, so giving out of obedience to God's word. We read about that in Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 13. Brian, you don't mm-hmm. have to read it all, but... Um, I don't have well, it all. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I, I do have... Uh, I, actually, I wrote it down here, too. Uh, Deuteronomy 28, 15, and 16, where it uh-huh. says, But if you do not obey the voice of the Lord, your God carefully observing all of his commandments and statutes, which I give you today, all these curses shall come upon you and overwhelm you. May you be cursed uh, in the city and cursed in the country. So <laughs> if he's blessing us and we're not blessing others, you know, this, it, we might not see it today, but there's, there's bad times ahead. Because <laughs> yeah. I think he, he wants us to bless others True. as he's blessed us. True. Now, boy, time's really moving along here. But point six, this is the one that blows me away. Give as a form of spiritual warfare. What do you mean by that, Terry? Mm. <laughs> Well, you know, there's ways that the enemy tries to defeat us. There's probably plenty of people listening right now who are in financial stress and financial crisis, and they're not sure how to approach it and what to do. And the Bible tells us basically, still be obedient, give as unto the Lord, and he will take care of the rest. He will defeat the enemy. In Deuteronomy 28, 7, it says, The Lord will grant that the enemies who rise up against you will be defeated before you, and they'll come at you from one direction, but flee from seven. Mm. And I'm reminded Mm. of a time I got laid off from my work, was out of work for four months. And it was like uh, the only time in my life that I hadn't been working or, or generating revenue. And it was so interesting how the enemy was trying to take us down and destroy our family during that time. But I finally got another job four months later, and I took the time to look at my savings accounts and my money when I got laid off. And then four months later, when I started my new job and somehow... I had more money in my bank account at the end of that four-month period. We can't always explain how God works, but Mm -hmm. if we'll be faithful to him, we can use that generosity as warfare against the enemy. Mm. Wow. That's great. Well, in Malachi 3.10, we read, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. Mm-hmm. And you know, we've heard, we hear so many stories about like what you just said, Terry, about, you know, you had more money in your account. How did that happen when yeah. you weren't employed? Or people who said, you know, groceries would show up mysteriously on their doorstep. But God does want us to step out and test mm-hmm. him and test his faithfulness. He will not... You know, the Bible says, uh, I've been young and now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging for breath. He promises to take care of us if we're faithful to him. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. some people look to, for the check in the mail. That's not always how he works. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he keeps your appliances running for 15 years. That's right. Sometimes True. he lets your car run for 154,000 miles and Amen. not break down. Thank you, Lord. I mean, yeah, he yeah. works in different ways. Gives you right. good health. Yeah, health mm-hmm. is a big one. Uh, number seven, to increase our intimacy with God. And Matthew 6, 21 says, when we give our gifts to God, our hearts will automatically be drawn to the Lord. Boy, it, mm-hmm. there is something that happens when you release that, give it back to the Lord, say, this is yours. Or when you, I'll tell you, there, there's just such a joy when you help someone and you know they're in need. And they're, like you said, we, we always hope they're appreciative. But even if they're not, you're doing what the Lord told you to do. Right. Yeah, that great verse in Matthew, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And when we give somebody our heart, it's interesting how easy it is to be generous. Right. And when we give God our heart, it's a great it's a great illustration as to how easy it is to be generous once the heart gets there. And that's our eighth point. Give to deposit investments in eternity. For what shall it profit a man if he gives the whole world? but loses his own soul. You know, when I was uh, talking to Mickey Mantle and he was uh, crying and telling me that he felt like he just wasted his life, that he wished he wouldn't have drank and kind of he never uh, was as good as he could have been. Uh, To look at a guy like that, that the world thought had everything and he felt like his life was a disappointment and he felt unworthy to sign autographs. But, you know, he did... uh, Find the Lord near the end, which is just amazing because Bobby Richardson kept witnessing to him. Okay, we've got just a few minutes. Number nine, give to further develop our Christ-like character. Hmm. Well, you think about Christ and his giving. He gave everything he had. He gave his life. He laid it down for us. So the least we can do is to give our tithe back to him. I was thinking about your Christ-like character, Dan. That's, I'm sorry, it had me stunned here. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I'm still working on it, you know, to de- still developing. Kind of like Terry today. He was pumping those one-pound pink dumbbells at the gym. <laughs> Looked ferocious. <laughs> but, uh, you know, just as we have to exercise our bodies, Terry, we have to exercise giving. And practice it. Yeah, we do. The character of Christ, as we know, is unselfish. He gave everything he had for us. So that's one of the key characteristics. If we want to be more like Christ, we have to work on habitually giving. In 1 Timothy 6, it tells us to, to be generous and ready to share that you can take hold of that which is life indeed. It's telling us if you want true life. And I think it also means eternal life, that's the ultimate life, that comes from having that Christ-like character of giving. You know, and, I, and when I saw this last one, I, I thought, hmm, give to position ourselves for increased blessings. And I thought, well, that's not a reason to give. We don't want to give to get, but the Bible does say that our blessings will increase. And like we've said, Brian, maybe not monetarily, right? Maybe in other ways. Exactly. But, you know, it's something you would see telethons in that for, for years where they're always saying, give and the Lord's going to give back to 100% and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And that's not what it's about. It's about mm-hmm. giving willingly, not saying, oh, I'm going to get, you know, make a 100% investment. This is what the Lord's 
instructing us to do it, but willingly. And we get blessed back in so many different ways. And that big mm-hmm. one is health to me. Because yeah. you sit there and think how, many, how much money is spent in the health industry oh. every year. And if you can go through a year and be healthy, I mean, talk about getting something back. I think that, that is great because it not only is it saving money for you, but it's giving you an opportunity to do more work for the Lord because you're healthy. You can get out there and do something. Yeah. And you can make your life worthwhile and to you and to the Lord. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 9, verses uh, 6 and 7, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Mm-hmm. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Mm-hmm. Boy, it's... Uh, not what the world thinks is the real key to true success in life, giving. But, man, it, it's so true. Just give out of your love for God, giving it all back. And, boy, when you get to that point, you feel like, you know, I've, I've matured as a Christian. I understand that it is better to give than to receive, and I understand that it's all the Lord's anyway. Final thoughts, Terry? Yeah, I was just thinking back to what you had said about the rich ruler. And in that verse, it talked about if you want to give it all you've got, sell all your possessions and give to the poor. Hmm. But the next line is so telling to me. It says, all your wealth will then be in heaven. Wow. Then come Mm -hmm. follow me. Wow. Mm-hmm. Everything we're talking about here in our generosity and our giving, you know, you talk about the U-Haul. You can't tie the U-Haul to the back of the hearse. You can't take it with you. Well, this is the one way you can take it with you mm-hmm. is to give now with the right attitude, and it will be waiting for us yeah. in eternity. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was, it might have been John D. Rockefeller when he passed away. One of his uh, heirs or one of his uh, family members was asked, how much did he leave? And his answer was, all of it. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You know, it's here. But you can take it all with you, Brian, if you deposit those, if you deposit in heaven for eternity, right? I think the best thing that comes out of this, too, is that by giving and giving generously and doing what the Lord instructs us to do is how we finish strong. And our age right now in our lifetime, especially the baby boomers, we have to give. We have it to give. We have knowledge to give. And we need to be doing that daily. Great way to end this podcast. Please share this with your friends and family. Feel free to rate the podcast. And, and we'll look forward to you joining us on future episodes of Finish Strong. God bless. Thank you for listening to Finish Strong. For more information about Finish Strong and Fearless Faith, check out their website, ffaith.org. Make sure that you rate and review this podcast to help more people accomplish their God-given purpose so that together we can finish strong.